Well, hi there, dear friend, and thank you for tuning in, and welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the program where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. You're listening to Hugh Heenan, currently ministering out of Trinity Gardens Seventh-day Adventist, as well as Faith Adventist Centre in Mawson Lakes, Adelaide, South Australia. And I'm delighted to be able to spend the next hour with you as we explore this week's continued theme of Steps to a Dynamic Relationship with Jesus. And more particularly, today's related topic of what is faith and how can I know that I have been accepted by God. What is faith and how can I know that I've been accepted? Uh, this is uh, our topic for today. It really speaks to, uh, I, th- I think, a question that uh, is often in the minds of, of uh, folk that I talk with because it's a, a question that is, uh, uh, I think, really uh, at the core of who we are. We want to know that we belong. We want to know that we're accepted. We want to know that we have a place uh, in society but also a place in family and in the family of God. And so uh, thus today's topic, uh, what is faith and how can I know that I've been accepted? Now, with me today for uh, this topic is my co-host, and I'm really glad to uh, welcome uh, back to the airwaves yet again, uh, my dear brother, Ricardo Schaeffer. Ricardo, good to have you with us. Thank you, Hugh. It's good to be here once again. And of course, Ricardo also ministers here in Adelaide and uh, ministering, in fact, out of College Park Church uh, in uh, College Park in Adelaide, uh, as well as at Wistow in the beautiful Adelaide Hills. And uh, so uh, no stranger at all to us here at Faith FM or for that matter to uh, the people of Adelaide. Uh, So again, uh, Ricardo, really good to have you with us today. And uh, not just for our topic, but I guess also because we'd like to take a look at what's happening in the world around us. And uh, you're a good discussion buddy. We we like to bounce off each other and discuss some of the trends that are happening in the world around us, and uh, we've noticed uh, as we've looked around that uh, this last week, when it comes to uh, news with respect to religion and faith and spirituality, uh, that uh, perhaps no topic has dominated quite so much or uh, certainly not anywhere beyond that of the census. Uh, It's been interesting that, uh, uh, yes, uh, after uh, every five years uh, that there is a census and we we get the the pulse of the nation and discover what's in the minds, what's in the hearts Mm -hmm. of uh, the people of Australia uh, and uh, what do Australians uh, think and how do they self-identify in many various ways. And one of those is in the area of religion, and uh, something which has uh, certainly caught the attention of the world's media as well as that of uh, Australian media as well, uh, has been the uh, uh, the seeming precipitous drop since the last census, and in fact two census sensei, I guess you'd say, two sensei or two uh, censuses in a row where we've seen quite heavy drops as part of an overall trend uh, going back decades uh, in those who self-identify as Christian. Uh, now, for myself and for Ricardo, who are ministers of the gospel, who are Christian ministers, uh, we're, we're dealing with people of faith all the time. So we know that faith is alive and well uh, here in Australia. And yet at the same time, people are self-identifying uh, as uh, as no longer, seemingly no longer as Christian. Uh, and in fact, the numbers of those who are who are the nuns? I'm not talking those that you would find at the nunnery, uh, but those who are the uh, uh, who have no faith, as they would, uh, or no religion rather, as they would indicate to that particular question. Uh, that the number of those who answer no religion has also climbed in proportion to those who uh, who 
uh, well, in proportion to the number of those who uh, have uh, who report Christianity as it's declining. So the number of those reporting to be Christians is declining. Those who are self-identifying as having no religion is climbing, uh, and in proportion to each other. So uh, as we consider this, uh, it's something which uh, certainly captures the attention, and uh, it, it makes one wonder as to what lies behind of it. So I wonder as we co- contemplate that, uh, Ricardo, what, what are your thoughts as to why we're seeing this trend uh, within society? Yes, Hugh, it is evident that there is an increase in indifference about religious topics about the Bible. Um, in fact, when you preach about um, topics like uh, the second coming of Jesus, uh, the end of the times, you know, there is an indifference and people look at you as um, being an alarmist or, you know, being out of place. But it's really not surprising to see a decrease in the um, in interest in these topics, um, because in Matthew 24, Jesus said that as in the days of Noah were before the flood, so it will be before the second coming of Jesus, before the coming of the Son of Man. And uh, when we look at the story of the days before the flood, when Noah was preaching that there is a flood coming, the world will be dest- will be destroyed. Uh, there was exactly the same indifference. People, the Bible says that people were buying and selling and getting married, eating and drinking as if nothing was going to happen. There was indifference before the flood. There is indifference before the second coming of Jesus. Now, the interesting thing is that. Um, the Bible talks about calamities to come, uh, crisis, and um, in times of crisis, everyone becomes religious. After September 11, for example, thousands of people became religious all of a sudden because they are under pressure. And so things will happen that will cause people to turn to something in order to get answers. Uh, Revelation 13, for example, talks about uh, something dramatic happening all around the world. In Revelation 13, verse 15, and um, I'm not going to attempt to explain to our listeners um, what is the beast or what is the image of the beast because we don't have time for that. But something is very clear here that the whole world will be involved in worshipping. It says... Verse 15, Revelation 13, 15, he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, it says here, all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. So apparently everyone in the world will be worshipping the beast, but not everyone. We turn the page to Revelation 15, verse 2, and it says, And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have the victory over the beast, over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God. So um, it is clear in the book of Revelation that before the coming of the uh, Son of Man, before the second coming of Jesus, the world will be divided in two groups, 
just as it was before the flood, those who will comply and they will worship that beast, you, everyone will become in a, in a way religious, and then those who will not. And they are the ones who have the victory over the beast, over his image, over the name, and over the number. So um, two things. It's not surprising that there is indifference because Jesus told us about it, but things will happen that will make everyone become religious in a sense. Mm. Mm. And the Bible has something to say about getting together because there is a need for us to get together as as a as a group of believers. It's not just because we want to have churches. No. Um, uh, in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, he says, and let us con consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day, big day, approaching the second coming of Jesus. That's why we get together. We need we need each other to support one another, to encourage one another. Mm. Yes, this is true. And uh, and this is really something which has been uh, a part of our design, part of our DNA from the beginning. We were created for community. We were uh, crafted and formed for friendship. Uh, and really uh, what's uh, fundamental to any friendship, to any relationship, is is faith and is trust. Uh, and so, uh, where we see uh, this whole decline in those who are self-identifying as being uh, uh, religious uh, or Christian, uh, and at the same time an increase in those who are self-identifying as being not religious, um, does that neatly correspond to those who are actually saying, "Well, I'm I have no faith at all." Uh, can we perhaps point out uh, or point to a, a distinction between those who are coming to faith, those who uh, who have a faith, who have a spiritual life and uh, and are exploring their spirituality, uh, but are not, uh, shall we say, trusting of institutions, and not just yes. of the church, but certainly institutions in general, and whether it's unions or whether it's uh, political parties or or whether it's uh, other social organizations or even voluntary organizations and uh, charities, we're seeing a drop in those who are involved in, in, uh, uh, in such uh, charitable works and, uh, and organizations uh, in, in society more, more broadly. Uh, and uh, perhaps it is that we're seeing that, uh, uh, that individuals are wanting to do things their own way, uh, but... Uh, maybe we need to just uh, perhaps caution ourselves that there's an importance, as you've pointed out, uh, for us to come together and uh, to be encouraged by each other and uh, to grow together uh, as a whole person, not just uh, uh, in our material wealth, but in our spiritual health. Yes, very important. Mm. Well, we, uh, we, we'd love to explore this topic a little bit more. Uh, there's a lot that could be said about it. Uh, that's certainly very true that there has been a trend uh, for some while now that uh, uh, is pointing in this direction of uh, people uh, self-identifying uh, increasingly as uh, no religion. Uh, and those uh, uh, who identify as Christians seems to be dropping in terms of uh, uh, religious affiliation as Christians. I find it interesting, though, in saying that, that uh, as we, I guess we bring this part of our, our broadcast towards a close, that, that uh, uh, amongst those uh, 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 churches, uh, those uh, faith communities that are growing, and there are those that are growing, and, and you and I 
belong to such a one. Certainly it's growing in New Zealand, where I've recently come from, uh, and that's both in terms of the census as well as our church membership figures as well uh, as Seventh-day Adventists. But but, uh, uh, here in Australia it seems, and I haven't seen the most recent figures, but uh, the census before it had plateaued. But up until that point, it had just really been continuing to grow. So I hope and pray that it is continuing to grow. But but what I would say is that uh, uh, those faith communities that are growing are those that are uh, sharing in very practical ways what the Christian walk is actually like, uh, that it's more than just a set of beliefs, although beliefs are important, but at the same time it is a, a way of life. And... Uh, and that that way of life finds its its greatest meaning and purpose in the person of Jesus, and uh, and how he lived. And, uh, and what's also true in many surveys here in Australia is that uh, whilst we're seeing the trends we've discussed, that we're also seeing uh, uh, the uh, esteem and respect for Jesus and for his teachings remaining very high. Uh, and and that's really quite telling, I think. Uh, and so we're living in a time of increasing. Uh, polarization, of distrust of organizations, um, but people need relationships more than ever. And of course, the person that is able to extend to us the greatest forever friendship of all is Jesus Christ. Uh, so, uh, yeah, some, some thoughts to, uh, to consider there as we reflect upon the recent news as discussed in the Sydney Morning Herald uh, and uh, by uh, uh, Michael Jensen as well as uh, that of uh, the ABC recently, Stan Grant talking about this as well, uh, all on the back of uh, what the most recent census here in Australia uh, has indicated. All right, well, uh, that's... Uh, that's probably enough uh, with regards to uh, recent events, uh, but it does segue neatly into what we're about to talk to now, and that is the importance of faith, the importance of trust and a trusting relationship. Because, uh, Ricardo, you're going to be talking with us today about uh, about what is faith yes, and also uh, how can I be accepted or, or how can I enjoy uh, a, a deep, loving, accepting relationship with Jesus uh, and all that comes with that. It is a, it is a need of mm-hmm. every human being uh, to feel accepted, to feel at peace. Yes, mm-hmm. and the Bible has the answers to that. Yes. All right. Well, we, we're looking forward to hearing what you have to share along those lines. And uh, But just now we're going to turn our attention towards uh, a lovely song called Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus by Casting Crowns. Just to take him at his word Just to rest upon his promise Just to know, thus saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him
trust Him. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that He is with me, will be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I proved Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him. Well, welcome back, dear listeners, and uh, it's good to have you back with us as we uh, consider uh, our topic for today on Drive Time Big Q&A, uh, and that is, uh, what is faith? And uh, today we have with us Ricardo Schaeffer, and he's going to be sharing with us uh, on this topic of how we can enjoy a trusting a close-knit relationship with Jesus, the one that we can truly trust. Because who can we trust in today's world? What can we trust in today's world? So many of us, it seems, may have been let down or offended or uh, or have uh, uh, been left hanging by uh, many different uh, uh, connections, relationships, and organizations we may have been affiliated with. Uh, and so how can we enjoy a faith a faith-filled and uh, love-filled relationship with the most trustworthy person that there is who won't let us down, and that, of course, is Jesus. And so, Ricardo, really uh, keen to hear what you have to share with us today about this topic of uh, how we can enjoy uh, a relationship with Jesus. I think we need to start with the question, what is faith? And Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen, right? Now, we're not asked to have a blind faith, but we're asked to base our faith on the promises given in the Bible in order to believe things that are not yet happening. These are promises that will be fulfilled. Um, Now, how do I get faith? How do I develop faith? Again, Romans Chapter 10, verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Okay? So faith comes by 
spending time in the word of God, by spending time with God in his word. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, or you can also read it, right? Um, and it makes sense because faith, in other words, is trust. If we say, I have faith in God, we're actually saying, I trust God. But none of us can trust someone that we don't know. So in order to know someone, it is necessary to spend time with that person. And when we spend time with that person, we get to know that person. And when we get to know that person, we get to trust that person. In the same way, if you spend time with God in his word, you will get to know him. And therefore, you will get to trust him. And that's faith. So um, faith comes by spending time with God in his word. And God invites us to come to him and enjoy his blessings for free. I want to make this very clear. It is free. Isaiah 55 verse 1 says, In the words of God himself, Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. With no money, it's free. Yes, come. Buy wine and milk without money and without price, because salvation is free. Forgiveness is free. You can come to God as you are. He does not require uh, good actions on our, on our part in order to accept us. Now, I'm not saying that good actions are bad. We'll get to that shortly. So what is it that God wants to offer us? I'm going to talk about two things. First, Forgiveness. Isaiah 1 verse 18 says, Come now, says God, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. It's interesting how it starts. It says in the words of God himself, he says, come now. It doesn't say come tomorrow. It doesn't say come when you feel better. Come when you finish your projects. It says come now. God is eager to see us come to him. Come now and let us reason together. And, he, and then he says that even if our sins, even if we what we have done in the past is so horrendous, that is red as blood, red as scarlet. Even if it's red like crimson, they shall be white as snow, white as wool. So he will remove our guilt of, of our past. The past will simply become a point of reference rather than a point of residence. We don't need to live in the past. We have an opportunity to start again. Thanks to Jesus. Thanks for his forgiveness. And the invitation is for all of us. Now, forgiveness. Is that enough? Forgiveness is not enough. Because if I'm a sinner, right? If, if I have a sinful habit and I come to Jesus and I ask for forgiveness, yes, he forgives me. My guilt is removed. But have I changed? Not necessarily. I need to spend time with Jesus so that he changes me so that I stop committing that sin. So forgiveness is not enough. There is a change of heart 
that needs to happen. And I want you to listen to what it says in Ezekiel 36, verses 26 and 27. This is beautiful. Take this as a promise and make it yours. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. You see who causes us to be obedient? It is God that forgives us when we come to him. And it is God who puts in us a new character, a new heart, so that we will obey him as a result. Not because we have to, not because we want to earn salvation, but as a result of that saving relationship. Does that make sense? Mm. Um, and, and a lot of people have come and asked me, uh, is this enough? Uh, I'm doing this and that. It's not about what we do. It's about uh, who we are in a relationship with. If we have Jesus in our hearts, all these things will be a result. We will change. We will want to be obedient to him out of love, not because we have to. So um, that's forgiveness and a change of heart, transformation of character. Are there any conditions? I know it's free, yes, but there is a condition that I want to point out. First John chapter 1, verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, that little word if, that is a condition, right? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, that's one, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that's two. To forgive us our sins, that's forgiveness. The cleansing of our unrighteousness, that is the transformation of character. Those two things that we mentioned before in the previous verses are conditional. And that is, if we come to God and confess our sins, he will be faithful. He will, he will do his part of the deal and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from not just one or two, but all unrighteousness. He will give us a new heart, a new character. What is the meaning of confessing if we confess our sins? Because a lot of people think that confessing our sins to God means that we're going to tell him something so that he knows. But God already knows everything. Confessing doesn't mean to uh, disclose something to God. He knows everything already. Confession means to admit before God that we have sinned. To recognize that we have sinned. If we do that, if we come to God and say, look, um, I recognize I've done this. This is wrong. I need your forgiveness. He will forgive us. It, it is a promise. That's the only condition. We have to come to him and recognize that we have sinned. But someone may say, well, I, I knew all these things and I still sinned. I have no hope then. Interestingly, just in the next couple of verses, First John chapter 2 now, verses 1 and 2, it says this. My, li my little children, look at that love with what um, uh, the Apostle John is writing. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, 
we have an advocate or an, a lawyer with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation of our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Even if we know what we, sh what we were supposed to do and, and we sin, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ. He pleads for us. He, he, not, that the, not that God the Father doesn't want to forgive us. He just presents. Remember, the Bible says that the Father and the Son were together, saving, redeeming the lost. But um, Jesus presents his righteousness instead of ours. That's um, a perfect lawyer. And so there is hope, even if we have sinned knowingly, right? So, so Ricardo, uh, so you're, you're basically uh, sharing with us there that uh, uh, we don't need to doubt uh, our acceptance uh, yes. in front of God, uh, that, that he uh, has already accepted us, he deeply loves us, and he wants only the best for us and is willing to give us all these wonderful gifts that you're talking about, forgiveness, righteousness, grace, uh, and, uh, and, and blessings, uh, and uh, all we need to do is uh, to come close and to confess our need of him uh, and 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 ask him of these things is that right that's it that's it yeah. so uh, yeah so to to recognize that we need forgiveness that's one and you hit the nail there because you said we need to we need not to doubt so mm. it is also necessary to believe unless we believe we we will not receive these blessings so we need to believe instead of going by feelings. And what do we get when we believe? Um, John 20, again, the Bible has the answers to all these things. John 20, verses 30 to 31 says, And truly Jesus did many other things in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, in the Gospel of John. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, you may have life in his name. This is what we get when we believe. Mm. Life. Eternal life. Assurance of salvation. Right? Um, what else should I believe about Jesus? Speaking about forgiveness, Matthew 9, verse 6 says this, in the words of Jesus, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins? Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. We need to believe that Jesus has power to forgive us our sins. Let's not doubt it for a second. Mm. He has the authority and the power to forgive us our sins. That's powerful, isn't it? Because really what we're saying, what we're sharing here is that... Uh, you know, regardless of how we've been treated before, uh, or what our experience may have been with with those in in our life in the past, maybe we have felt rejected. Maybe uh, our best has never been good enough uh, for yes. uh, for some uh, for for a boss or for a parent or or for uh, maybe a spouse even. Uh, but yes. uh, with with God through Jesus Christ, uh, he he uh, is someone who uh, wants. Uh, us in his life, he loves us and he accepts us and holds nothing good back from us. Uh, and in fact, has already declared that uh, uh, you did not choose me so much as I have chosen you. 
and um, of course that's that's another part of uh, of the Gospel of John, isn't it? And uh, John fifteen that yes. uh, that uh, Jesus was declaring to his disciples, "Look, no no longer think of me as as uh, as merely your teacher. I'm your friend, mm-hmm. and uh, you are mine. You are my friends." And uh, you know that's that really tells us something, doesn't it? That uh, that God uh, loves us, He accepts us, He wants us in His life. Uh, he certainly hasn't rejected us. Uh, and uh, all we need to do is, by faith, accept our acceptance. Would, would, would that be a fair thing to to say? Of course, mm. and it is free again. Mm. <laughs> it is it is it is wonderful. So undeserved. Um, when we repent. When we admit that we have sinned and we repent and we do our best to, to walk with him so that he com- continues to change our hearts, mm. God does not keep reminding us of our past. Wow. And uh, what That's I want to say to mm. yeah, it, it is huge. It is. Because oftentimes people remind us of our past. True. Yes. And, and if God does not remind us of our past, who are we? to remind others of their past if they have mm. repented of their past. So, so God is not into emotional blackmail. He's not going to hold over us uh, mm. certain things of the past or things we've said or done in order to uh, grind us or try and get mm-hmm. something out of us. He just really wants to give uh, love and give acceptance and give uh, 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 a and and... Uh, Unbreakable bond and forever friendship with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so he's a giving God. He's not there to try and uh, hold things over us and manipulate us, but rather he's there to uh, empower us and love on us. And yes. uh, and so that's the that's uh, that's quite a refreshing change, isn't it, from some <laughs> of the other relationships we may have experienced in the past? Yes. Mm. So God is in the business of res- restoring, of saving, mm. not in the business of condemning us. Mm. So unless we repent, he's he's not going to stop chasing after us, you know. Put yes, that way. he is he, true. He's he's persistent in that sense. Mm. Um, I want you to think of uh, the story of the paralytic at the pool of Bethesda. Mm. That man had been unable to move for mm. thirty-eight years, mm. and I'm sure our listeners are familiar with this story. Yes. He was helpless. Imagine thirty-eight years trying to be healed. I mean, he lost all hopes. Now Jesus comes along and he says to him, "Um, rise, take up your bed and walk. Now the poor man could have said, okay, if you heal me, I will obey what you say. (laughs) But instead he believed the words of Jesus. He believed that he was healed Mm. and made the effort to get up at once. Yes. So he willed to walk, and he did. Mm. He acted on the word of Jesus, and Jesus gave him the power that he lacked. Jesus healed him, not because he felt that he was healed, but because he believed what Jesus said. Mm. And that's important because that, that is also applied to our spiritual realm. Sometimes we feel like we're defeated. We have no hope. We've been committing, you know, uh, something bad for many years, you know, in the same way uh, today. That and maybe if, someone, if only they knew what what I've done or who I who I am behind the scenes or the habits that I uh, I indulge in, they, they'd mm. see me. They wouldn't see me the same way. But uh, God knows all this already, doesn't He? And it, yes, and and that feeling, 
uh, of guilt that holds you down. Mm. So perhaps um, today there may be someone paralyzed by a sinful habit. Mm. Uh, maybe there's someone listening who has been watching pornography for 40 years. I don't know. Mm. You know it's wrong. You know it's killing your relationship with God, with your spouse and your family. And then you desensitizing to... you to your, your own self really as well. Yes, it is self-damaging and it mm. you know, breaks and destroys every relationship around you. Mm. And you want to stop doing that, but you can't. Yeah? You've tried for so many years and you feel hopeless, just like the paralytic mm. of the pool of Bethesda. But I want you to please remember the story of Peter and the disciples when they tried to catch fish during the whole night and caught nothing. <laughs> then came, Jesus came in the morning and told Peter to try again. And I put myself in the shoes of Peter and I, was, I feel like saying to Jesus, hey, but you, don't, you, you know nothing about fishing. You know, I'm the expert here. But <laughs> instead of that, maybe Peter thought about that. But Peter said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. In other words, because you say it, I will try again. And you know the rest of the story. They caught so many fish that their nets started to break and they had to call other boats to help them. Mm. <clears throat> a, a first century uh, uh, triple zero call. Yes, yes, something like that. Mm. You know, the results were so unexpected that they had to you know, call, yell out to other boats now, why do, I have, why do I share this? Because maybe today Jesus is coming to you and say, uh, he's saying, try again. And Jesus also said in the Bible, without me, you can do nothing. So try again, but with Jesus in your life this time. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've been trying to change that habit for 40 years. Now Jesus comes and says, try again, but with me. And just because he says it, do it. Know that you are free because he says it, not because you feel it. Because the Bible says that the human heart is deceitful and wicked. So don't go by feelings. Go by the word of God just because he says it. And so if the Bible says, if you confess your sins, he's just and faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, then, then believe it. Just because he says it, and that's very good news, isn't it? That uh, when when God says something uh, that He wants to offer to us, He really means it, and we can just simply accept what He has to share. And it's a wonderful gift what God has to share. In fact, it's a gracious gift. It's one that is uh, uh, filled with goodwill and uh, unmerited favor. We've done nothing to deserve what he's offering to us, but he wants us to have it. He wants us to be set free uh, from what is uh, uh, keeping us back from his best, and he wants us to have his very best. Uh, and so, uh, look, we, we have an offer that we would like to share with our, our listeners today uh, that's in keeping with uh, with what Ricardo was sharing, and, uh, and that is a, a wonderful book called Amazing Grace. You know, God... Uh, wants us to have his goodness in, even in response to uh, some of the things that we've done that we may not be quite so proud of. But uh, he's proud of us, even if uh, the things we've done have not been quite so great. But he has something good to share with us. And that, that's the amazing gift of grace, uh, his forgiveness, his acceptance, his love, and uh, his, his empowerment to live a life that's free 
truly free from those things that would keep us uh, from his his best for our life. And so this is a book called uh, Amazing Grace by Elizabeth Talbot, and uh, it can be yours for free. Uh, just by simply, just like the offer of God, really for free, mm-hmm. and uh, it's uh, simply by uh, uh, texting in uh, the texted uh, code word that we have for for this free offer S A fifty nine. That's capital S, capital A fifty nine. Uh, and to text that in uh, to our our number, uh, which uh, is zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. That's zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. And uh, that free book offer. Uh, will be yours. Amazing Grace by Elizabeth Talbot. Uh, just text in SA59 to 048-808-811 and that book is yours. Uh, just now we're going to take a little break and uh, we're going to uh, hear 10,000 reasons and more for why we should be glad of the wonderful gifts that uh, God has in mind for his children. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship Your It's a new day dawning It's time to sing your song again Whatever may pass And whatever lies before me Let me be singing when the evening comes Bless the Praise unending 
Well, ten thousand years and then forevermore. Well, bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. I worship Your holy name. Well, sing like never before, oh my soul. I worship You. Station director here at Faith FM. Faith FM is almost 11 years old and it's been incredible to see how God has used us to change lives around Australia in every community we reach. I'd like to invite you to partner with Faith FM in supporting and growing your station by giving whatever God calls you to share. You can go to faithfm.com.au slash donate or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM to see how you can make a difference. Thanks for listening. Well, welcome back and it's a uh it's really good to uh, to have you all back with us here on Drive Time Big Q&A. Uh, just uh, checking in there, can you hear me, Urakado? Yes. You can. Yes, yes. yes, just sounding a little bit different here in the studio just uh, just now. Uh, but, uh, yes, uh, just wanted to, uh, I guess, uh, segue back into our topic for today, which is uh, how can we know that we've been accepted? Many of us have uh, felt rejected or have not uh, felt the acceptance, warmth and love and fellowship and belonging that uh, all of us crave and all of us uh, really are, are searching for. In fact, some of us spend our entire lives trying to earn or trying to to gain. Um, but uh, in fact, it can drive us to do all sorts of strange and uh, and uh, different things. Uh, but uh, when, we, when we consider that, it's good to know that uh, those people that we most look to for acceptance – uh, the people that we most admire, even if we don't receive it from them, the person that is worthy of the greatest admiration and uh, the one who is the greatest being uh, in the universe deeply, passionately accepts and loves us, and that, of course, is God. And uh, you've been sharing with us, Ricardo, uh, how we can know for sure that we have really been accepted by God. And so I wonder, yeah, as we, uh, as our program begins to come towards uh, towards its close today, uh, what would you be? Uh, what would you share with our listeners, just to affirm the fact that uh, we have a God who fully and utterly accepts us and holds nothing back? Yes, Hugh. Um, the most important thing I believe is to know that we have a God who is desperately seeking to have a relationship with us. Mm. He wants to have a loving relationship. He's also delighted with our obedience to His commandments, but. Um, if it's not done out of love, he's not interested in that. I want to read what it says in Proverbs twenty-three, twenty-six. What is the first thing that God asks from us? That's what I want to answer in this verse. Mm. It says, my son, and we can read my daughter as well. My son, my daughter, give me your heart. 
and let your eyes observe my ways. So the first thing that God is interested in is for us to give us our heart. Because he knows that if he has our heart, then he will have our obedience. Uh, Jesus said it as well. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you don't love me, then don't worry about it. The first thing that we need to worry about then is to have that relationship with God. Then everything else will come as a result. Our obedience, uh, he will accept us as we are, as we will see in just a few seconds. Mm. Um, so from that moment that we uh, give our hearts to Jesus onwards, we belong to Jesus. And so if we belong to Jesus, we need to walk with him daily. Um, what happens when we have this daily relationship with Jesus? Well, Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore no condemnation now to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. No condemnation. Nothing to be afraid of if you have Jesus, if you walk with him. Now, how do I come to Jesus? Just as you are. Just as we are. Uh, without being afraid of him. He's, he says in Ezekiel 18.32, For I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord God. Therefore, turn and live. He wants us to live eternally. Um, I may maybe finish um, just by telling the story of the prodigal son very briefly. Mm. The story says that this son told his father, give me my inheritance and I'm going to leave. Um, he wasn't happy at his father's house. He misunderstood the love and care of his father and he thought that his freedom was being uh, removed from him. So he said, give me my money, my inheritance, and I will leave according to my, uh, my wishes. And so he traveled to a far country and he spent all the money until he became broke. Then he found himself in a terrible situation, uh, having to work, by, uh, feeding the swine, hungry, wanting to eat what they were, the, the pigs were eating. So it says in Luke 15, 18 to 24, he came to his senses, right? He said, I will arise and go to my father and I will, I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose, so he made the decision and he actually acted upon it. He arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, he didn't even listen to him, you know, he said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this. My son was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he's found and they began to be merry. The interesting thing about this story is that God will accept us as we are, but he loves us so much that he will not leave us as we are. That prodigal son, as he returned to his father, he, I imagine that he must have been smelling like a pig <laughs> with his hair long, full of lice and the nails long and dirty, you know, the, mm. his clothing like filthy rags. But the father never said to his servants, please 
give him a wash and, you know, a shower and put some cologne on him so I can kiss him and hug him. No, he hugged him as he was. In fact, he ran to meet him mm. <laughs> on the way. That's how God accepts us. Never believe for a second that God will not accept you. But he loves you so much as well that he will never leave you as you are. You know, it was the love of a father that attracted attracted the son and caused him to return to him. And I hope that the love of God will reach out to you who are listening and bring you back to him because he loves you and he wants to change you and he wants to give purpose to your life. What a beautiful thought uh, to know with certainty that we have a God who loves us like uh, uh, like the Father and uh, the forever friend that we've all been searching for our whole life long. And uh, I wonder, uh, Ricardo, if you'd be uh, happy just to, to close in prayer for us uh, this program sure. today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Fathers, uh, we, are, we are so thankful, Lord, for the the lessons that we get from your word, that assurance of forgiveness, of transformation is priceless. We don't deserve it, but yet you've offered it to us. You've paid the price to remove our guilt when you died on the cross. And on top of that, you offer us power to overcome our sinful nature. Um, We don't have words to thank you enough. But Lord, we pray that we may all have this personal relationship with you every day, that we we may walk with you daily so that you can continue that transformation in in our hearts. Mm. Be with our listeners and their families, Lord. Bless them richly. May all these promises become a reality in their lives as well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, dear listeners, we want to thank you for your time. We want to thank Ricardo for sharing with us today as well. And it's uh, always good to tune in and to hear uh, some words of hope, uh, words that drew us close to uh, the unconditional love of God for us. And uh, uh, today, of course, we've heard of the wonderful acceptance of Jesus for each one of us. Tomorrow on Drive Time Big Q&A, this week continues looking at this theme of uh, uh, enjoying steps to a dynamic relationship, a life-changing relationship with Jesus. We hope that you'll uh, tune in again tomorrow as we explore more in this series on uh, uh, a dynamic relationship with Jesus. Uh, But until then, uh, we leave you with these words, uh, the words of Jesus. Peace I give to you. Uh, Peace of mind, peace of heart. And the peace I give you isn't like the peace that the world gives. So do not be troubled, nor be afraid. Uh, Dear listener, we look forward to uh, to the next time that you join us here on Drive Time Big Q&A. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you.
Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God.